Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself, as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. So yes, even though going to a two-pass routine, she did so much difficulty in both passes. Nice extension on the lead. Oh, nice. Really well done. I loved the tumbling, the execution and the amplitude. The form was there. The sophomore from Lee Summit, Missouri, had a perfect February, scored four perfect tens, one each week in the month of February for LSU, and she has been a rock, considering all the challenges that this team has faced. up everybody you know what time it is it's time for the in off the bench podcast i am daniel ball and i'm joined as always by my co-hosts my partners in crime my brothers from other mothers jim cross randy jower and boys we got episode 17 coming at you titled chasing it because we got lsu star gymnast Aaliyah finnegan and she's doing just that she's chasing it well the whole team is actually chasing it they are on the cusp of something incredible that they've been chasing here for a few years, a national championship. Guys, I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right to Aaliyah's story. So help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview on podcasting this week, our friend, LSU star gymnast, Aaliyah Finnegan. Aaliyah, first things first, thank you for coming on. It is an honor to have you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? You know, I'm well. You know, I'm well. We could get into that, Aaliyah, but that's a whole other story. But anyway, listen, I want to start this off with a couple of icebreakers, like DB said, just to kind of get the flow going. First one, easy one. If you were to have your own talk show, we're talking like Oprah Winfrey show, primetime afternoon slot, who is your first guest? Oh, oh my goodness. Good question. I feel like I would probably have, I don't know, I want to say I would have Didi Bro on it. I feel like she's just so, she's just such an amazing person. She's very like outspoken. She's very like, she doesn't like really like hold back too much on like what's going on in her head. So I feel like it would be a really fun opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you another question, Aaliyah. You ever do karaoke? I do. Yes. What is your go-to karaoke song? Okay. Okay. It's I Hope by Gabby. Oh, I forgot her last name, but Gabby, I think it starts with an A. Definitely got to throw that one in there for sure. 
All right, we'll sing it. No, I'm just kidding. We won't. Hey, hey, I gotta tell you, Randy, while you were gone, we we had a male guest who said he was gonna sing uh Taylor Swift. His I mean, I told him, you know, I mean you're gonna get the crowd going. Oh, oh that's oh, that. Give you guys a little like one two right now or <laughs> you know on the on the spot. I think I might have to be a little separate spot. I mean, I hope I can play you guys way too soon. Yeah. No. We Don't shut the I episode do down. <laughs> Listen. When DB's okay. done playing with his tracks, we'll get to the next one. I was just trying to get into it a little bit. I'm seeing seeing the voice. He was actually vocals. trying to see if she would start singing. I know what he. Yeah. Was, I know what he I was. Mean, doing. I'm here hey, for content. You're tempting me there. You're tempting yeah. me there. But but Randy, I know this is about Aaliyah, but I got to ask you because you weren't here. Like, are you okay with a guy choosing to go with T Swizzle? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Whatever pleases T- the crowd. T Swizzle knows no bounds. Big listen, fan. big fan. Aaliyah, this is a, a question near and dear to my heart as a girl dad. Two daughters, as a matter of fact. If yeah. you could be any Disney character, what Disney character would you be? I would want to be oh, – good question. I feel like I would want to be Elsa in the sense that, like, she just controls, like, ice and water. And, like, that would be super cool to do, you know? Yeah, I th- I, and she's I, also, I, like, a queen. So it's like she, like she, – she runs the program, you know? All right. Hey, Queen Aaliyah, I could get down with it. I could get down with it. All right, Aaliyah, this is a little tougher question. A little tougher. Okay. Celebrity crush crush growing up or now? Oh, um, Tom Holland. Well, that's a good Spider-Man. one. We share that, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. We'll be good friends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with Tom Holland. I mean, I might go Tom Hardy. He's, you know, it's kind of okay. the opposite. But hey, you know, hey, either one. Right. All, all the toms. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Last one before I turn you over to DB. Favorite athlete of all time, any sport? Favorite athlete of all time, any sport. I'd Besides say, yourself, Aaliyah. <laughs> I'd and, do say, not, and, do not, and do not say Haley Bright or Kaya Johnson like they would say. <laughs> Dang it. My goodness. Like, does, can it be a gymnast person or somebody else? It can be anybody you want. Okay. Okay. I'd probably go with Michael Phelps. Just because, like, I kind of like grew up watching him in swim, and then the fact that he went to so many Olympics for so long of a time is mind blowing to me. Just, I mean, I've been doing my sport for a long time, but that's that's just a whole different ball game. The He's- fact that that guy's arms are like nine <laughs> feet long is insane. Insane. Like he was no. built to swim. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, Randy, well, before we carry on, so. I saw a swimmer um, on the other day, an Olympic guy. I didn't even know who he was, but I mean, I feel like that's a requirement because he had those arms too. Like, I mean, like if you don't get gifted with those, those long limbs, you're not going to be a winner. It's just the way it is. Big facts. Yeah. He's, he's just, you, you look at his build and he's built differently, but I guess he's built perfect for the water because the dude can just get after it. I'm got to be cheating or something, you know, <laughs> I'm not, even, are we sure he's real? Not. <laughs> Let's cut him open. I think he might be metal, metal <laughs> on the inside. So. Terminator. Yeah. So, Aaliyah, let's let's get down to business. Let's let's talk about you. Um, let's start at the beginning. You know, obviously, you've made your way to Baton Rouge now, but where did you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. However, I was born in St. Louis, and then when I was five years old, we made the decision to move to Kansas City. I have three older sisters, and we all did gymnastics, and so 
we maybe moved to Kansas City for just a better gymnastics program to, you know, better our careers. Um, my older sister, Sarah Fingen, was also um, on the gymnastics team at LSU, and she had the aspirations to go to the Olympics. So we made the move over to Kansas City when I was five to for her to be able to train and then just for all of us to just better our careers in general. And so that's where I did most of my Growing up, I went to a few different high schools. And I didn't. School. I didn't know Kansas City was such a hotbed for gymnastics. Is that it, something that is like at an early age, like you just get into gymnastics, and Kansas City's just like you kind of it just breeds gymnasts? Or I, I have some some neighbors that are from Kansas City. Okay. And they're not gymnastics people. Yeah. But they're very nice and very sweet people. But they don't talk about gymnastics, but um, when you say that, you, you talk about having three sisters and you talk about making the move there as though, like, we have to be there for a specific reason. And this is the purpose why. So I, I was just curious, is it is it a hotbed for gymnastics? Not necessarily, but I mean, considering like the radius of St. Louis where I was born, Kansas City was the closest gym. There's a gym there called Great American Gymnastics Express. They bred olympians ncaa national champions like they have a great story behind them and so it was it was technically just the closest gym that created high level athletes and so that's where we decided to go so so with three sisters what are the age differences so my oldest sister is 29 and then my second oldest sister will be 27 in november and then the one right above me, she just turned 22 and then I'm 20. So kind of, kind of a big range here. <laughs> so what, what was it like growing up with all girls? Was it fighting and hair pulling and drama or was it like loving? Hold up, man. You didn't just crazy. see the romper stomper video. Them girls ain't I, pulling hair no more. Dog. <laughs> They're going darts. I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to picture it. Like I, I know we, we've had, you know, male athletes come on and they're like oh yeah it was like boys being boys all the time is that a thing with with girls or is it like brady bunch style like you love each other and you're supportive and you're hugging and and just being sweet to each other i think that's definitely how it is now just because we are all much older but it was a very different story growing up it was it was a whole lot of like that shirt's mine like you can't wear that where's my straightener where's my this thing or why are all my clothes gone missing all of a sudden and so it definitely wasn't sunshines and rainbows all growing up of course you know we had our own girl problems but I think the older we got the more we realized we kind of just left that in the childhood I had the same fights with my sisters where is my straightener yeah where you really need that on a daily it's (laughs) you want me to go out it's humid outside you want me going out like this that's why he's got that hat on that's right so Aaliyah, you you mentioned gymnastics you guys moved to kansas city to pursue gymnastics and to better your opportunities there i'm making the assumption now because you you make that change that gymnastics is the only sport like that was what you dedicated all your time to 
Yeah, pretty much for the most part. I think I did went to like three dance classes to try to do something different. I think I did soccer for like one day and it just was not my thing, but I, it just kind of went in order of operations. You know, the oldest two sisters started off in gymnastics before I was born. They actually got into it because my parents were looking up sports that were good for like brain development. So things that can really kind of like click the right things in your brain. And so I think swimming was one of them. And then there was gymnastics, of course. And so that's kind of how they got started into it. And then the third one came along, they just kind of plopped them right into the gym. And then of course, when I came, it was just, it was no brainer about what sport they were going to put me in. Your, your, your mom was like, do, you, do y'all babysit at this place? Yeah, I, I got, I'm going to be having multiple kids. I just need a place for y'all just to hold on to them for a little bit. She says that it's a very expensive babysitting, you know? <laughs> I, I, I feel you. I feel you for sure. Um, so we talk to many gymnasts and they opt out of like a traditional schooling for homeschool. Um, and a lot of it is because of the, you know, demand and the rigor and just the pursuit for what it is that you're looking for with gymnastics. Um, so I'll ask you, what was your educational path? Was it a traditional path or was it more of like, you know, what we get with top level gymnasts that pursue homeschool and they need the time to train? Yeah, so I was actually homeschooled until about third grade. And then I just decided to go back to school. I went to school for only half day in high school because I went to school from maybe like 7.45 to about noon and practice started at one. And then I was there all the way until seven. And I made the decision to go to school because I have such like an outgoing personality that I like needed to be around other people like constantly pretty much. And just like needed people who weren't gymnasts kind of just like a break from outside of the gym. And so like a lot of gymnasts do homeschool and sometimes like they don't even have the option to go to regular school, but thankfully how our gymnastics schedule worked out is was we were I was able to go to school in the morning and then have a little bit of a break before going to practice for the rest of the day. That's that's crazy. Jim and Randy went to school half a day too in high school. But it, Ron it, never it, saw it, that. it was by it was by choice. <laughs> I did well, not go to practice. As soon as lunch came, I was gone. It was gone. I'm the sure worst part was that I had to come back for football practice. Golly. <laughs> Yeah. Jim and I had a class at the end of the day and the teacher would be like, where's Jim? And I was like, oh, he, he just, he's with the nurse. He ain't feeling and, well. and to make it worse, I was still in the second period with you, but I was asleep on the desk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was crazy. Crazy. Um, Real academic school we went to. <laughs> so give me, give me kind of a summary of what that's like uh, during the day. Is it, are you taking a full load of classes in the morning and it's just, you crunch it all in or are you taking just the same amount of classes as everyone else? It's just, you have to go home later in the day and, and finish up the rest. How does that work? Yeah. So I went to a private school, which really like kind of helped work around my schedule. And so I took four or five classes in the morning and typically like a regular student had eight classes in a day. So I had five classes in the morning before going to practice. And typically I would do the other three, some sort of online version or like a homeschool version, I guess you could say as well, either during the year or during the summer and to just whenever I got it done or had the chance to do it. So, so big question is how did, how did you do academically? 
with that kind of schedule? Honestly, I really don't know how I did it, but I actually did really well because it was just in such a routine and I really, I really didn't know anything else. And so I was just kind of in the routine of that's, that's just my life. That's what's normal to me. Maybe that should be the new trend. Maybe, maybe traditional schools to think like an old school way of thinking. It should be like half days and like, I don't know. Well, they're making kids go to school like year round almost now. Like summer break has gotten so short. It's crazy. And then I feel I like my kids it. are never in school. There's a Randy, break. There's a holiday. We got fall break. We didn't have no damn fall break. Randy, are your kids, because you're just across the state line, I don't know if it's like Mississippi thing. Are your kids still doing periods or are they in blocks? So Taylor, uh, so instead of like six they, periods like we had, they got four blocks. So they do seven periods, but they don't do the same period. They don't do the same subject every day. They go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They'll have like math, English, whatever, and then Tuesday, when Tuesday, Thursday, they do like Spanish and wellness. Yeah, so literally, we live like twenty five minutes away from each other. They don't even do it the same. Yeah, ours is blocked out into four, and they only do one class each semester, and then they switch it over the next. That is ridiculous. That's but enough about that. What about you? Yeah. What's your best subject? No, I'm just kidding. Growing up, it was math, but I don't know if that's the same answer these days. What a loser. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, what a nerd, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. So, Aaliyah, you, you go to school part-time, and then you leave, you know, middle of the day, and you go train. So, obviously, with gymnastics, it's a little bit different than traditional sports because it's not affiliated with a school. So, you can't just be a part of the school team and, you know, work your way through there's there's a gym that you have to go to you have to train with and obviously you compete with what was the gym that you went to i went to it's called great american gymnastics express and it's probably about maybe 15 minutes from where we moved to in kansas city and it was it was it was a lot of time spent many many years in there <laughs> so what was what was the benefit was it the fact that you got to train with good coaches, was it the fact that you trained with high caliber uh, gymnasts? Was it the fact that you got to compete at high levels? Was it a combination of all that? What, what allowed you to excel and get to the level that you're at now? Yeah, I think it was really just the coaches. They have kind of a different way of like teaching gymnasts how to do certain skills and so, you know, some people like they don't really like that style of coaching or some people do, but it really just fit for like me and how I wanted my sport to go. And I just started there at five years old. And so I really just kind of grew up in that facility and with these coaches that have known me for so long. And so I just I kept progressing with them. And then ultimately I made it to the highest level. And now we're here. <laughs> let me let me ask you this. This is this is personal. I, my daughter just does gymnastics and there are skills that I know that she can do, but her coach, like, I don't know what the philosophy is at this gym and it's a really good gym. Like I, I don't discredit what they're doing, but they don't like, if she's like, I don't want to do that. They don't make her do it when I know she can do it. I need them to can push we say her. her age. For Aaliyah, just put that out there. She's six. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, I, that's old in gymnastics world. It really is. I mean, Randy, every one of these gymnasts started it too, bro. That's four years <laughs> in. Starting and then telling them you're going to do this. Look, I'm going to tell you what happened to my daughter when she was about nine, Aaliyah. They were telling her back handspring, back handspring, back handspring. She flipped over, 
broke her arm in half, like legit broke both whatever those two bones are called. Sign, so you're you trying to say it's on the coach? Is, is that where you're going with this? No, I'm just saying, like, they're going to do it when they do it, bro. All right, so I'll, I'll give you an example, and this is the big example, is at home, she can do, like, a back bend, and she can kick over by okay. herself at home with no, like, cheese mat or whatever, like the little rolly wheel like that's good that you know what that is that was impressive hey i've been i look i spent some dollars at this place (laughs) i probably bought bought a few of those so i know she can do it by herself but she'll go there and she'll make the coach help her every time and the coach doesn't ever like go you can do this on your own or try it on your own like i feel like i need to have a conversation with the coach like stop enabling her like make her do it because i know she can do it is the coach like asking her if she wants a spot or is like obviously she's six but like (laughs) or is she being like oh like can you come like spot me on this or something i think she's saying can i do it like this and he's like yeah sure (laughs) and of course she wants to do it the easy way and i want her to do it the way that it needs to be done. Daniel, you I think for here. double the pay, you could probably but get him to make her do it. Here's the thing, Randy. He's sitting there asking that. This dude coached college baseball, and if any parent ever came to him and suggested how that's, they should do it, that's, coach, what he I'm, would that's lose, where I'm he torn. would lose it. I would lose my mind. That's that's <laughs> different. That, Let me tell you something different. right now. You know, I've coached pretty high level competitive travel <laughs> softball. And if one parent came to me, hey, you really I'd be like, sit your ass. That's why you on that <laughs> side of the fence. All right, look, all right, I, I got it. I just call it using her resources. That's what I'll say. I, I will sit my that coach. So might as he was, Randy, he was right? just looking that Aaliyah would maybe give him the push to talk to this coach and do what he really wants to do. <laughs> so, so really what I found out is I need to sit my happy ass up in the, up in the, the, the gallery and the watch. look out. Yeah. The lookout. So, all right, I got it. I got it. You guys have, have said more than enough, but I'll, I'll, I'll end this part with this, Aaliyah. Obviously, you are a high-caliber athlete. You start seeing that as you're progressing. Now, at what point do you go, I want to go to college, or I want to take this to the next level? What was the next level? Was it trying to compete for Olympics, or was it, you know, I just want to go to college? Yeah, so in sixth grade, our family moved back to St. Louis for about nine months just because my dad had still worked in St. Louis. He was commuting all those years. And so for nine month period, we moved back to St. Louis and then we came back. And then I was just like, okay, well, like, I feel like I really like do have like what it takes to my goal was the Olympics and it was Olympics are bust, you know? And so I really made that decision to just like go full force at it. That's what I wanted to do. And back in like those days, they didn't really have an age where you could commit to a college. So eighth grade rolls around and I'm taking unofficial visits to colleges at a ripe age of 13. Um, I went out to UCLA to take a visit. And then obviously I knew about LSU. My sister had been going there. Um, And so in eighth grade, as a 14 year old, I committed to LSU. And so I just kind of closed that and stuck it in my back pocket. And then I was just like, all right, Olympics are bust. And so when I was maybe a sophomore in high school, I finally made it to like, they call it the elite team. And then from there, you basically not like try out, but like you try to go for the U.S. national team. So 
sophomore year, I made it onto the U.S. national team. I was competing internationally and competing internationally, maybe like sophomore year of high school, junior year of high school. And then, of course, COVID happened, which pushed back the Olympics. I was still training all that time. I did have a injury setback, so I did have surgery on my foot during the whole corona outbreak in that break so during that time not only was I trapped in my house but I was also like trying to recover from this like big surgery that I had and my senior year of high school was around I'm really trying to go for the Olympics and I it was like the competition before Olympic trials so like the trials for the trials I guess you could call it and I had the worst meet of my life I was falling on every single event like it was just not my day and ultimately I didn't end up making it to Olympic trials so that kind of put that season of my life away and at that time of course I've graduated high school and I'm attending LSU in the fall and next thing I know here I am as a junior so here's the one thing I did hear from all that Jim Randy she took an official visit at 13. So my daughter is halfway I'm, I'm to this, this. She's halfway to making college visits. Like we need to start. <laughs> I got to go talk to this coach. They, they changed that rule. So you actually can't do that anymore. And you can't like can't. go. Yeah, he actually knows that he's just teasing. Daniel, <laughs> let me tell you what you would tell a parent. You need to have a talk with your daughter, bro. It don't need to be with the coach. Yeah. Go wake her up right now. Bring on the podcast. All right. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so let's let's get into this. Let's get down to Baton Rouge. You know, uh, first day on campus, you know, I've been in your facilities. When you just walk into the practice facility, like, I'm in awe, okay? Like, it's better than a lot of people's regular facility. You look over at the, you know, trophies that are in the trophy case for national championships and SEC championships. Like, so when you get there, and it's real, I mean, you're familiar with LSU, obviously, but you're now a gymnast there. What are the emotions? It was just so surreal considering the fact that I just had been committed to LSU for so long. And for so long, it was just like, oh, like, I'm going to go to LSU. I'm going to go to LSU. And now I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm here now. Like, this is my life now. Like, this is the facility that I get to just walk in on every given day. Like, they actually give me the keys to this place. Like, it's it's a palace and it's just so beautiful. And I'm really just grateful to be able to just be there every single day. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's next level. And so with next level, you know, the practices are next level, you know, coming from where you were when you start doing practicing with LSU, like, I mean, was it a whole nother tier? Oh, yeah. And I think college athletics is just a whole different ball game from what I was used to. Just considering like, OK, like our hours might be less. Yeah, I'm going from 30 hours in the gym to all of a sudden now it's only 20. But then it just such it takes a toll on you like emotionally, mentally, now you have, you're in college and you have like real grades that really matter. And it's just all of these different things that are pulling at you that you never really thought of coming into a school like LSU. And so it was, there was a lot of emotions happening at the same time. It was just very different from what I was used to. And that's just something I had to adjust to when I got here. So do you feel like with, you know, between what was required for gymnastics and academics, do you feel like you were adequately prepared, you think? I do, considering I had gone to, I, I went to a very small private high school growing up. And so like just coming to this big university was, that was like a really big change for me. And I really didn't know what to expect. I was just really excited to just kind of get my foot in the door of like, this is your life now. It's what you have to adjust to. Um, but I think overall, I was pretty adequately prepared. I thankfully I had my sister who had 
been through the ropes. She's been through all of it. And so she was able to kind of be like a really big guide for me to kind of figure out like, this is what you can do. This is what you probably shouldn't do some days. And so it was, it was a great leader to follow. So let's get into it on your freshman year on January 28th. Um, you scored a 9.875 on the beam. Um, you know, first of all, we have a lot of baseball guests on here. And, you know, a lot of people say the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball. After being to numerous gymnastics events now, I the hardest thing to do in sports is the beam, uh, period. Like, I won't even hear anybody debate me otherwise. And so with that, what are the nerves like, you know, was it another day at the office or, you know, you're going against Georgia and you're on the beam? What's it like? It was just such a surreal moment, especially the Georgia atmosphere was such a crazy environment to be for my first collegiate meet that I had been to. There were meets uh, prior to that one, but I was down with COVID, so I actually missed the meets prior to that one. And so it was just the environment was insane, but I really just, I had a lot of competitive experience just growing up in the gym that I went to and the competitions that I went to, but it was, it's really different stepping into a collegiate atmosphere because it's very loud, very noisy. The people in the stands try to distract you. And so I really just try to think of it, like you said, just like another day in the office. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, in that season, you set career highs of 9.85 on the bars, 9.925 on the beam, and 9.925 on the floor. Um, Randy doesn't get to, to watch as much, but me and Daniel try to watch every meet. And so we know that those scores are significant, especially when you're a part of a team because every every member counts. Um, you know, So to be able to come in as a freshman and have such such success, did you see yourself being able to contribute like that out the gate? I really just wanted to – just kind of like take a look around of what was going on freshman year, you know, obviously I wanted to help out in any aspect that I meant. And I was really able, I was really grateful for the opportunity to kind of be a, a consistent tribute to the beam lineup and the floor lineup. And so really just grateful for the opportunity. I really didn't set too high of standards. Honestly, I was really just happy to be there. <laughs> I understand. And so, you know, all, when we talk about the 9.925 on beam, you know, doing that at the SEC championships, you know, um, you said this was COVID season, so I know things were different, but nonetheless, like it's the best of the best, like SEC championships, like does any, is, is it still, you know, we're talking about Georgia, was it just business, but now you look like in the SEC championships, is there even more pressure? Um, I mean, a little bit, obviously the stakes are higher and, you know, we have goals that we want to, and we step out for me, like SECs compared to just like another team, such as like Georgia or Alabama or those types of teams because there is an end goal. Um, but I mean, it, I really try to not make it too complicated. It's like the end of the day, it's really just gymnastics, like how it is, plain and simple. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who's not just another team, because um, obviously, like I said, we watch and we're very familiar. And Utah is not uh, just another normal team, but you managed to hit your career high on floor and the Tigers. Uh, as I said, you know, important that it's a, it's a team thing. Obviously, we're putting emphasis on you, but you contributed in, in what was win over number four Utah. You know, what was it like having a career day and being a part of the team for that moment to be able to beat a prestigious uh, team like Utah? It was it was such a surreal experience, especially being in the PMAC. I think it was almost a sold out crowd that night. And especially because we we did know who we were going up against and we we wanted that win really bad. And I don't think we necessarily changed anything. It was just the atmosphere, the environments like we were just we were we were on lock that night. Let me let me ask you, you know, 
I haven't been to gymnastics anywhere else. All the meets I go to are at LSU, but I I watch on TV, obviously. And just from a TV perspective, none of them seem to really match with the PMAC. I don't think I'm being a homer as an LSU fan. Is, is there is there any that you've competed at that match, especially a sold out crowd at the PMAC? Oh, goodness. Well, I'm biased, so I can't really say that. I mean, I feel like, look, when I went, and we're going to obviously get to that season, but, like, I'm just going to go ahead and put it When I went to the top ten matchup between y'all and Auburn when Suni Lee came, that what that place was electric. Like, I, I would put it – it didn't even have to be gymnastics. I would have put that with any best day at Alex Box. Like, that place was crazy. And so, I don't think – I don't think you're being biased and I don't think I'm being a homer. I don't think anybody matches the the PMAC, just keeping it honest. And I, and I know that's because gymnastics is y'all feed so much off the energy of the crowd, especially like when you're doing the floor routines, right? Like and everybody's oh, yeah. clapping and with y'all. So it's just next level. Oh yeah. So, it's definitely, it's definitely surreal. If you guys, we start on um, January 5th, I believe. So. Oh, I'll, I'll be there. Believe it. So you know, to put a to put a bow on freshman season, you know, some have expectations, some don't. We talk about all the things that happened, you know, who your team is able to beat, what you were able to accomplish is, you know, um, your your season highs. Do you feel like you met your own personal expectations you had set for yourself? I mean, I feel like my expectation for myself was just to contribute and to that aspect. I did achieve that. However, you know, I obviously have higher expectations such as like competing as much as I can or just like certain like team goals that unfortunately we weren't able to hit that freshman year. But I think it just kind of fueled us into the next season. Yeah. Emma Kelly put a lot of emphasis on that last episode, you know, talking about the team aspect. And and we've obviously had Kai, Alana, Shea Campbell all say the same thing. Gymnasts are different. Um, You know, everything's a team game, but you know, even though you're just one person, it's, you know, it's everybody's got in order to win a, a meet, everybody's really got to be on like, and so it, it's probably as, as big of a team deal as, as any, right. You know, obviously one score can be wiped off, but aside from that, like, I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all are basically allowed one mistake outside of that. Everybody's got to be, you know, on top of things, but sophomore season, um, you know, no injury, no COVID, um, you competed in all but one meet for the Tigers. Um, you know, explain to the audience just how hard it is, you know, because we talk about just how hard, difficult gymnastics is to do in general, but every single week competing in these meets, doing multiple different events, um, just the wear and tear it puts on your body throughout an entire season. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely a whole different ball game, especially going from freshman year where I was only doing two events every single week. And obviously like that also is a toll on your body, but just to go from two events to four events and just growing up, what I'm used to is like competition. And then maybe three months later, another competition and then a month and then another one. And so to go from like such a widespread to just back to back to back, you really have to like push on like taking care of your body and like taking care of your health or else it's, it's not going to (laughs) last. Yeah. So like, you know, I've never actually taught, you know, obviously I know Kai and Alana real well. Oh, and I didn't even mention we had KJ on here. Do y'all have like a a, a big nutrition like meal plan that helps like take care of your body? Y'all have somebody that does that for y'all? We do have a nutritionist that works with our team as well as our trainer. Um, It's there's not necessarily like a specific like you have to eat this, this and this and you can't eat this. And because that's like a terrible mindset when it comes to food. So it's just like you know, it's best to feel your body. It's up to you if you want to make that decision or not. So 
Let me let me ask you this: How many rain storms do you drink a day or in a week? Just a day. <laughs> I I probably go with one. A little little coffee in the morning, rainstorm in the afternoon type game. How many how many bowls of oatmeal do you eat a week with blueberries, bananas, peanut butter, honey, oat milk, chocolate mm-hmm. chips? Did I, I get salt. it? I almost forgot salt. Salt. What? How are you gonna how are you gonna put salt in it? It's literally you just But then then use peanut butter that says specifically no salt added. Okay, okay, okay. You just it's just gotta add a little bit of kick. You can't have it too sweet. You gotta have the balance to it. it makes so, all the difference. So you, you lost me at the rainstorm thing. Is that a like is that a gymnastics drink? I don't know about it. Randy, you familiar? Like oh yeah. Uh, no, if you if you if you scroll through sh- socials, you'll see she she talks about her favorite breakfast and then there's multiple sponsored multiple posts that I feel like she's sponsored by Rainstorm, which is like uh I don't know, it's like a Celsius type energy yeah, drink. It's an energy drink. So if not, NIL, Aaliyah's NIL. Car. Rain. We got we got your person right here. Aaliyah Finnegan is is your your go-to athlete. Rainstorm. Well, well, while we're just doing the NIL connects, I cannot wait now that she's been a guest on the show to put her over there next to Kaya and KJ for my athletic collection LSU gymnastics poster. So get your athletic collection poster of Aaliyah. But moving on. All right. So you recorded perfect scores on three events this past year in four consecutive weeks. You earned your first perfect 10 on floor against number 17, Georgia um you know just talk about what that was like getting that crown it was such a surreal experience especially just growing up I've never like experienced like some people will get like perfect tens growing up but I've never experienced anything like that and honestly I was really shocked that it just was happening so quick like I don't know if there's a video and I'm thinking I'm like crying almost because like all my team was just surrounding me and hyping me up and it was it was a really special moment all right, Daniel, you set me up for failure here. Against number five, Auburn, you earned a perfect score on your – say it, Daniel. I, I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to look stupid on this show. What kind of vault is that? Well, they're – what? <laughs> That's what it says in the the, the, the bio. The O'Melian chick. <laughs> I think it's pronounced Omliachek, but honestly, I couldn't really tell you because we don't really use two fancy words of that. Obviously, that's like the name of the scale, but you can just call it like fault or like what I call it is like a half on pike. Well, off, he, so he like, put that in here on purpose. Really. He, you know, <laughs> he did that. on. Look, normally I write a lot of these things. He wrote this one. And he put that in there and made me have to say that on purpose. And now it really shows that I skip class all the time in high school because I, I can't, I'm, a, I'm official. I'm 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 dedicated to the craft. I want to make sure I get the terms well, right. I couldn't enunciate it, but nonetheless, you you got a perfect score against Auburn with that um 9.875 on bars, 9.95 on beam, and a 9.97 on floor to match a career high 39.80 in the all around. You know, um, what was it like that day? And you know, since I I admitted that Daniel wrote this question, you know, was breakfast different? Did you have those special <laughs> pancakes? It was two rains, two rainstorms. <laughs> Just the right morning. amount of salt. <laughs> no, no, nothing, nothing different. I mean, it wasn't even off to a great start or anything. Like I hit my bar routine like I knew how to do. And then 
the rest just kind of followed. And I really just followed our team's energy. And ultimately we ended up taking the loss against Auburn. But I think just looking into specific highlights that our team had throughout the meet, I mean, I would call it a win. Well, you may have lost to Auburn, but you didn't lose to the school that Aaliyah, you're not going to probably be aware of this, but we've interviewed athletes from like 60 plus schools. Now we refuse to interview anyone from Florida. Um, even though I did say if Trinity Thomas ever wanted to come over here, on here, I would make, you know, an exception. Great girl. Great but girl. nonetheless, you have no problem beating and owning Florida as you had a, a perfect 10 on beam. And as I said, beam being what I feel like is the hardest. So against number two, Florida, you know, uh, you know, what's it feel like, you know, being able to beat them? And then, I mean, another 10 on a different skill. I think we just really went in there kind of like an underdog mentality, especially because we know how good Florida is and their team is awesome. Like the girls individually, like we love them and, you know, we're all good friends. Of course, when you go out to the floor, it's a little bit different. Um, but we really just, we, we knew what we wanted to get done and we, we got it done. <laughs> so let's, let's focus on the team aspect for a second, because, you know, as I'm talking about these wins, I actually, you know, I kind of skipped over something as, you know, I remember, I'll be honest with you, Leah. Daniel can tell you, I don't think I've, because I'm very close to Kaya. I consider Kaya family. Um, um, she's been a four-time guest on the show. My wife's even, you know, done paintings for her. She uh, sends messages to my daughter constantly as a role model. And when she went down in that second meet, it was the second meet, right? It wasn't the first. Yeah, it was the second. Yeah. And when she went down, like, I had to fight back, like, holding tears because, like, like my eye immediately went pessimistic, right? I was like, worst case scenario, I was like, season's over. I wonder if her career's over with it being her second Achilles. And, you know, and then the next couple meets, I end up, I went and watched y'all at home against Oklahoma. And it just, it felt like y'all weren't there yet. Like it, it really could tell what it took, uh, the toll it took on the team, right? And so then fast forward to when we're sitting here talking about, you know, Florida and, and these key victories, you know, just how hard was it for y'all to be able to regain yourself? Um, you lose a key, key piece and a leader um, and be able to, and then obviously you go against the best in Oklahoma and that's tough as it is to be able to regain yourselves and get back on track. Yeah. I think that was definitely probably the most, mentally exhausting weekends probably for a lot of us we could say the same thing just because that Kentucky meet you know it was it took a toll on all of us and it really like I've never been so mentally tested in that very moment to just like finish the meet and just you know kind of get out of there as fast as possible and then to just turn around to Monday to compete against the number one team in the country we had a little get together you know that day after Kaya kind of said some words to us said some words to the team and we we really just rallied around Kaya and we rallied around the team and we the season wasn't over yet we couldn't just like lay down and not do anything about it you know we still had all these teams that were going up next and so we just we kind of had to switch our mindset a little bit to just you know do it for the people who can't or just like stay together because that's really the only way we were gonna survive (laughs) yeah and I really think I learned that the family aspect of the team that day, because after that happened, um, Kai Rivers is like the first one to come to mind, but multiple girls just, you know, having mistakes that they don't typically make. And just the look on all y'all's faces, because gymnastics is a sport where you're always smiling. 
and there wasn't just smiles and there were mistakes being made and it really showed you know a family member went down and it just showed the whole effect and so while that's obviously negative she got hurt it was a positive spin to me to think about just how close y'all are as a team as as a unit and so and that it would affect y'all so much you know football guys right like you know guy gets limping off the field whatever get out of the way we got to play ball like you know what I mean but not not with y'all um so uh but it was it was really great to see the way y'all bounce back like I said um you know I watched y'all against Oklahoma and I'll tell you this I, I gotta ask you this question what's with their boring floor music Aaliyah you look you laughed you laughed because you I'm telling you LSU brings it Randy Randy is somebody who doesn't go he would be in there jamming like their music was boring Hey, to, to each their own. I'm not, I'm not going to make a comment about that, but I just, I'm very She's got friends on Oklahoma. <laughs> She's not going to do it. I, I, I'm very pleased with how LSU does our floor teams and I enjoy them very much. <laughs> I try to see if you take the bait anyway. It, I, I know I don't, I don't have to have you tell me, but anyway, they, nonetheless, they're amazing gymnasts. They're just not Absolutely. as fun. <laughs> um, But you know, Moving on back to your individual accomplishments, um, getting down to the end of the season, you matched your bars career high against West Virginia in the NCAA championship semifinals. Um, you know, talk to us about that. Also, you know, just ranked as a one of the top 10 floor performers in the country for five consecutive weeks in that same span. Just everything was clicking, right? Um, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a gymnast, but, I know, you know, uh, through other sports, like, is it the same kind of thing? Like when you're in a groove, like it just feels like you can just do anything. Yeah. I think gymnastics is a very like repetitive sport, I guess you could say. And it's, we do the same things every single day. And so nothing, nothing too crazy really changes. You just have to tap into kind of just what we've done every day in practice and then in the competitions as well. Yeah. So you obviously earned uh, all SEC honors on the floor after finishing the top two at the SEC championship. So congratulations. Named a WCGA regular season All-American on beam floor and all around. Um, in your NCAA championships debut, you recorded a floor score of 9.9625 in the semifinals to tie the highest score on the event by an LSU gymnast at the championships. Uh, placed first on floor, third on bars, and third in the all-around in the first session of the NCAA Championship semifinals, earning All-American honors and moving move your career total to six for the year. You know, um, I keep asking you about stages, and I know I feel like it, but all right, we talked about SEC, you know, uh, being on the road. We've talked about being at home in PMAC, but when you are in the NCAA champion stage, championship stage, it's got to be feeling a little bit different then. Oh yeah, I think it's a whole different ball game, and especially because I didn't get to experience that my freshman year, and so just stepping into it. Obviously, I've seen it from the stands or on TV, but just to be there in person competing, it was so surreal. The environment, just the atmosphere of the whole thing, it was it was a phenomenal experience. Well, last question, and then I'll let Daniel uh, talk to you about the upcoming season. And and I've obviously told you, um, you know, you can plug this later, but for anybody listening, go watch the climb because this season was a climb, and, and that's where I want to get to. Obviously, y'all came up short in the final four, but if you just look at the way the season started, um, I don't think that most people would have put you there, just being honest. So the fact that y'all grinded – and y'all came together as a team, and y'all made that climb, and you made it there. Um, 
I mean, I saw y'all's faces. There was no look of devastation after that loss. Y'all were very proud of what y'all had accomplished. So, you know, did the season with the way – I mean, did it meet expectations personally, and did it meet as a team, and did you did y'all feel very accomplished as it seemed y'all did? Absolutely. I think there was nothing to be um, down about, especially during the during the season. It was such, like, an emotional roller coaster, even from the first meet from – Utah to Kentucky and then all the way down to the national champions there was like a lot and you know you can see more of that watching the climb on LSU gold but you kind of takes you into a little in-depth of that and it just just making it to the final four honestly I don't want to say that we were just happy to be there because no one handed us anything nobody was just like oh like you guys have been through so much like here's this ticket to the NCAAs like no that's not how it worked but we we proved that we deserve to be there and we earned our way to that. And I think we had everything to be proud of. So that leads us into where we're at currently getting prepared for a, a new season. Obviously, you want to celebrate what you guys were able to accomplish. But re- the reality is, is none of that matters because it's all new. Everybody's got a blank slate. So for you personally, this isn't a team this isn't team yet, but just for you, what are what is your your personal goal for the upcoming season? I think my it's hard to make personal goals. I think for my personal goal, it's really to just like I said, help the team in any way I can and just go out there and hit because that's honestly the biggest thing that you can do, like for myself and for the team is just to hit your teams like you know how to do and then just where that takes us that's where we'll what go. she really wanted to say was a perfect 40 daniel <laughs> i really try not to be score based I really do <laughs> well you're gonna hit a 40 just because we said it is happening <laughs> so then on the flip side is all right what is the team's goal is it to win a national championship is it to get back and put yourself in a position to win a national championship I think we all know that we want to win a national championship. I think every single person on the team, we have that collective goal. And especially for those who were on the team last year, we kind of got like a little taste of it. Like, Oh, like this is what it's like, you know, like being in the final four, because in the past two years, we haven't exactly got that experience. And so we got there, we got the taste of it. And I think we're hungry for more. And we want it all. Hey, (laughs) why, why not? Why not? So have you been seeing that, Daniel? Let me ask you, have you been seeing the videos of Kai? I'm amazed with Kai's progress so fast. Oh, absolutely. And especially I wasn't here the whole summer. Like I, I left in May to go home and then I wasn't back until August and just seeing how I left her out in May and then where she is now, I could not be more proud of her resilience. She's she's ready. She's going to get after it. I mean, you all are. I mean, I, I think a healthy, a healthy team's going to, gonna set you guys up for a special season but you know given the names and the people that we've talked about just in this episode give me somebody we haven't talked about give me a newcomer that we need to know about Ooh, there's so many <laughs> we have a couple we have we have seven new faces you know going in coming in this year and so i think you guys will also be really impressed with cammy because she came last year and Unfortunately, she wasn't able to make her LSU debut, and I think you guys are going to be really, really excited to see her out there. 
What about yeah. what about what about the the girl who traded on Florida to come to LSU? I'm a fan of that all within itself because we're not a Florida Florida fan. So I hope she comes in and just drops ten after ten for LSU after leaving. Oh, Florida. she is she's awesome, incredible person inside and out, and she just she's such a hard worker, and she's really just so happy to so happy to be here. You know, kind of a fresh start for her. So I'm really excited to be here with her. So let's say hypothetically. You guys hoist a national championship. What can you say was the one thing that contributed to that? Is there any one thing? Is it one thing that you did specifically? Was it one thing that the team worked on specifically? Or was it just everybody was healthy and they went out and they were just locked in? Well, I mean, I think that being healthy does help. But we kind of saw last year that like, it only takes six, and in some cases, it only takes five. And so as long as all oh, there's there's 23 girls on the team this year, as long as 23 girls are on the same page, we're locked in, we have the same goal, I think we're going to be unstoppable. And I think uh, I think we need to give a, you know, salute to Jay Clark. I mean, I, I watch him every meet with y'all, whether it's in person. I, the, I love the way he works with y'all because all coaches are different, and we watch the other teams. The chemistry he has with you girls is, uh, you know, it's underappreciated, I think, probably. Well, I think the coaching staff as a whole, outside of him as well, I mean, I see a lot of coaching happening outside of the head coach a lot. Absolutely. Especially, like, when you when you see the streams, like, I think I see more of coaching happening with the assistants than I do the head coach. I think each of them kind of really play a special role because they all have their own events technically. And, you know, obviously Jay is the head coach, but I also think that he understands that like the assistant coaches, they do have their own specialties that they have that sometimes Jay doesn't and vice versa. And so it's, 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 it all just works together in that way. (laughs) Aaliyah, we're going to put a bow on this thing. We're about to score a 10 on our floor routine. So check this out. We're going to play a little game. It's called this or that. Rules are simple. I'm going to give you a couple options. You cannot pick neither, and you can't pick both. Are you down? I'm ready. All right, so this or that is also brought to you by, we brought them up earlier, the athletic collection. So please buy things from the athletic collection because it goes directly to help these star athletes like Aaliyah Finnegan, soon to be. So check this out. First things first, Aaliyah, and don't give us the answer you gave us earlier. I want to know. Breakfast for breakfast or breakfast for dinner? Oh, breakfast for dinner, definitely. I really hate that answer. I love that answer. I uh, do. I don't. Rare. I rarely eat breakfast for breakfast. It's always dinner. It's better as dinner. This this isn't a this or that question, but I, I'm I'm curious, Jim. When you get an Aaliyah Finnegan athletic collection poster, are you gonna slide that Joe Bear poster over? And that Tommy Tanks poster over, and and slap it up right there, right behind you, or or where where is Aaliyah gonna go? No, I got a gymnastics wall. She'll go over there with Kai and KJ. But just look, just for to give you the fun you were looking for, I would never move Joe Bear for anybody, but I will move the tank for Aaliyah. <laughs> wow, wow, I'm so honored. <laughs> Joe, Joe Bear's my guy. Like I'm mad that he didn't come back for another year. He should have just so I could call Joe bombs all day. <laughs> all right Aaliyah, you're having breakfast for dinner what's the go-to breakfast food oatmeal 
Holly. And then she says, she got me with dinner and then says, that I'm baking and eggs. Like, what are we doing here? Sorry. I mean, she puts a lot in her oatmeal. I mean, it's, it's a lot it's going pretty, on. It's a pretty there. heavy, heavy it's oatmeal. It's not like those like microwave packets oatmeal. Like you just throw some water in there and stick it in there. Like, this is like handcrafted oatmeal, like made with love. <laughs> Makes it taste better. Daniel, I got a question for you. I'm going to out myself right here, but I just, I can't help it. If I have Waffle House in Baton Rouge like I did the last time at 2 a.m., does it count as dinner or for breakfast? It's um, breakfast. That's morning breakfast, time. Homie. And <laughs> you better clear, clear your schedule. You yeah. need some bathroom time, bro. All righty then. Back to this, Aaliyah. Next question. More fun LSU football or LSU baseball? Atmosphere. Mm, atmosphere wise? Yeah, I mean, and why is it football? Just tell me. I'm just curious. Well, because you can't you can't beat out Death Valley. Like I love LSU baseball as much as anybody, but like you can't be a game in Death Valley. But you know, when you said atmosphere, it changed before. I feel like when you were just gonna yeah. go sport to sport, I feel like it was gonna be baseball. Was it? Maybe. No, I don't think it was. <laughs> then you said atmosphere and I had to change it. Sorry. I understand. It's hard to compete. Although I've been to Alex Box, uh, I've been to a game in Death Valley uh, years ago. We actually had like 15 men on the fin. I'm a Tennessee fan. Don't hold that against me, Elliot. We're still friends. He came and watched Tennessee lose this year in the box. So shout out! To I did. To watch Too that. bad I didn't make the football game. How'd that turn out? Mm. Well, listen. So on to the next <laughs> question. If you were left on an island but had the choice of being alone or taking your worst enemy, and I don't even think you have enemies. Which would you choose? Wait, being left alone or is that Or like, you're there with your worst enemy, either uh, all alone or with your worst enemy. Well, considering the fact that I don't really have a worst enemy, I, I would pick that, that one because then at least I have a buddy. Maybe I could turn well, them into a friend. <laughs> oh, my God. She just – I was fixing to say it, and then she said it, DB. She said word for word. Emma Kelly said, I would want my worst enemy because I would make them my best friend. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> At least you didn't say what Griffin Herring from LSU said. I'm calling him out every episode for the rest of the season. Better, he deserves it. He he said, and and you should have seen the, you should have seen the look on Gavin Gidry's face. Like he like I don't know if he feels comfortable around his teammate anymore. He said, "Well, you know, I started thinking about it, and I'd want to have someone there with me because you know, if desperate times came out and you got hungry, you may have to eat them." And we were like, "That's true." I'm gonna tell you right now, if the airplane's that's a little going too down, honest, but that's a little too honest, Randy. That's just an not, answer you I'm keep not yourself. Far ahead. Uh, if the airplane starts going down, I'm putting hot sauce on DB engine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we, we about to just get to it. I'm not gonna be hungry. Well, well I, I, I wouldn't. We we even got we even went further into the we went deep into this this question. All right, so if that's the case, Randy. Like, what are you? What are you eating first? Like, are you? Just oh, like, your thighs, big dog. But you're you're gonna go right in. You're not gonna like. No. Like, you're not gonna take like a finger and like try and it, it out. And this is like, no longer. This is no longer a family show. It's a camp weirdo show. We have lost. We have lost base. <laughs> Aaliyah, Aaliyah, come. Let's come back. Let's come back. Right, let's come right. back. You can only pick one, right? You got to have a yacht or a private jet. Which yeah, one no, yeah, I like how you just said yacht. You need to say massive yacht like we normally do. Don't don't shortcut not, that look, yacht. I, I feel like every look, Leah's energy is so positive. Like she she knows it's massive. Yeah, I think y'all are disappointed that four out of the last five have been yacht because y'all are jet guys. Why why do you gotta say massive yacht? 
I mean, it's a yacht. It's a, it's, yacht. It's a boat. If it's yeah, we, not a massive, we know it's a big. Is boat. the private jet massive too, or is it only the yacht though? Both are huge. We're talking. Right, I have to go with the jet. Then. Of course you do. Of course you do, Leah. Because you got the right answer. I'm a traveler, you know, I like I like to make I like to go to places quick amount of time. Where's the first okay. place you're going? Yeah, where are you gonna go? Is it Turks and Caicos? What are we talking here? Mm, ooh. The rain, the, the rainstorm plant. Uh, <laughs> pick up her, her allotment. Actually, yeah. pick up a new supply. Um, oh, I'd probably say Bora Bora because I've never been and I really want to go. <laughs> okay, so you you would go to a beach though, like that's where you're trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I could park my I could park my yacht on that beach. I'm just saying. It's right, yeah, I would be able to be there longer, and then by the time you finally got there, I'd have my time, and then that's true. On to the next. That is true. You ever been on a cruise ship? <laughs> they do not move fast. <laughs> but listen, if best beach you've ever been to, you've never been to Bora Bora, what's the best one you've ever been to? And and don't say somewhere in Louisiana. Oh, oh my goodness. This is so hard for me. <sighs> Bro, have you been to Louisiana beaches since you actually had to say that to her? Uh, <laughs> yes, that's why I said, please don't say anything like that. Oh my goodness. It's so hard. Um, I want to say, oh my goodness. Probably, well, suddenly I forgot every single beach I've ever been to. <laughs> I've never been to a beach, actually. <laughs> beach? What is this beach you speak of? I just recently went to, it was a black sand beach in... What? Um, it was in, it was in, I think we were in Italy, I think. Whoa. That, so, now DB is a fan for life. <laughs> so yeah, I probably, I, just because it was just different. Like, I've never been to a black sand beach before. Randy? respect. But I had a great time. Randy, will we ever make it to Europe like Daniel and Aaliyah? Or are we just stuck uh, here forever? I have no desire to go there. I, I think it's great for you guys, though. I think it's great. <laughs> you're, missing out. You're, really? you're missing out. Yes. We're, we're very cultured. I have desire to go there. Very, I mean, that, that's Randy. That's, I don't have I have to the same now, actually. So. I mean, it's not like I couldn't. I just choose not to. Listen, but listen, we're getting back to Aaliyah here. You got to get rid of one of these things forever, Aaliyah. And I, I should turn this into your drink, but I'm not. You got to get rid of ice cream or cookies. Which one are we getting rid of? Ice cream. Sorry. Are you, are you like a communist? What is you wrong? can't be just like a warm cookie. All right. What kind of cookie now? Hold up. Yeah, this uh, matters. If you say oatmeal raisin, I'm going to move off here. No, like, macadamia nuts. <laughs> like you can't go wrong. Just like a like a warm like chocolate chip cookie, or ah. if you want to go crazy, you could have an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie. Mm. Not oatmeal. I really raisin. love oatmeal. Like oatmeal is your that's like your jam. <laughs> that's basically what her breakfast is. She has oatmeal just, and then I puts just, chocolate chips. I just in. know it I'm thinking of an oatmeal cookie. You I know I'm just thinking it. about one of them cinnamon toast cinnamon toast insomnia cookies right now that's what i want mm. see those cookies are doing too much for me but <laughs> this is the question that's like i'm gonna judge you on you've been so positive you don't have enemies energy's been off the charts but now i'm gonna know what kind of person you are leah and if you answer if you lie to me i'm gonna know because like you know i'm old and i got a lot of kids win a million dollars or an lsu national championship an lsu national championship and then we just get a million dollars obviously is i mean that did you not listen to the rules of this show oh uh, right there's right. no yeah. picking either so you're picking natty yes is that because like for the greater good like everybody gets that but you like if you got a million to, to get a million dollars like you only i only get two more chances of this thing okay I just, I, okay 
I just know, look, when Gavin Gidry said, I would take this ring on my finger all day over man, I really wish we had a million dollars in a duffel bag and set it on the table next to the ring and see if he'd really go that route. Cold I don't believe these athletes. I, yeah, they don't have a million dollars in cash right in front of them to really just have to think about. Okay. All right. All There's right. There's nothing. We, to think we about. gotta find a sponsor. No, we gotta I'm find a sponsor who's willing to put a million dollars on the table in front I'm, of it, so we can find out. I'm up in the ante, Ilya. You know, I, obviously, you got a lot of sisters, the family. Every it's all beautiful, right? One hundred million dollars or natty. Well, I feel like I, I can't change my answer now. All right, oh, I respect yeah. it. You I respect can't it because price on a national championship, like that's like oh, you I can easily good one hundred million. Oh, hey, 100, let me tell you, let me tell you They're teasing you because every athlete that has won a national championship has came on here and they say exactly what you said. It's priceless, and you can't change the feeling that they had. And I wish I had that feeling too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're probably right on this. Thank you. Think that you know what. You might be right because, like, Austin Riley, I mean, how do you – like, that's the only one I can say. The dude's got $300 million and a World Series. Which would he take? He's got both. I think he I think he would take the ring for sure because he doesn't really care about money. Then he wouldn't have signed for $350 million. He, he signed for about, about $150 million less than what was the going rate. We're not going to – you know what? I love was Austin one year, Riley. one year early. He was one year early. He wasn't eligible for any of that money, and he still signed it because you know his what? agent said. You we set the money. record this episode for getting off topic more than you ever have. Get back on topic, sir. Okay. Well, now right. we know that Aaliyah is taking the natty. She has no enemies. She, she's getting one this year, dude, and I'm going to be there for it. I'm going to be there for Daniel, if they make it to the finals, to the national championship, will you bring your wife and daughter? I like how she said when. When they make it, are you bringing the wife and daughter? Because this is now uh, something I, I that was, your family is into. Yeah, so here's the deal. Nobody ever presented me the opportunity of taking a million dollars or a national championship. Because if they did, I would have took a million dollars. And I would say, of course I would be there. I would have all the money to do Wait, that. Wait, also somebody that has a national championship, right? Yes, he, he, does it, he does have a national championship as a coach. This is true. All right. Don't nobody need to see your ring. Put it you away. Put the thing you away. It. You can take yeah. it. You bought that a pawn. You bought that at a pawn shop, dude. That's so cute. <laughs> it is. It's very cute. Hey, I worked hard for that. No, That's answer the- my question. If or no, she like she said, when when they make it to the national championship, especially because she is our fourth LSU gymnastics guest. Are you going? And are you bringing the family? Do I want to enjoy this? Then no, I'm not bringing my entire family. They. Your family loves gymnastics. You're leaving them at home, bro. You you realize he got a baby, my, bro. My yeah, like I have a. a well, you can leave the baby. I, I I more meant your gymnast daughter and your wife who I would love I, gymnastics. Absolutely, if it worked out, I would definitely. All right, so Aaliyah, make it happen and make him make him follow up with this. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that. We'll see you he, there. No, y'all didn't hear that one little ambiance, that little nuance. He just copped out. He said, "If it works out." So that means he's uh-huh. always got a way out. Look, My boy yeah. is in sales now, and now he's got a couple of little words he throws I'm in. I'm seeing the dedication here. Uh, wow. He did, hey, he, hey, I'll tell you wow. what, Aaliyah. I believe that he'll do it, and I'll tell you why. He hates soccer with a passion, and our Memphis soccer guest was playing against USF in his, home, in his hometown because he actually lives in Tampa, and he went and watched her play soccer 
with as much as he hates it just to support her. He loves gymnastics. So if he's willing to go do soccer, I know he'll go to gymnastics that he loves. And let, let me tell you this too. Memphis baseball plays in the conference tournament every year, about 30 minutes from where I live. And I have yet to go see them play, <laughs> but I did go see soccer at South Florida. That's because she challenged you just like Aaliyah did. So now you're on the spot again. Uh, well, close this thing, Daniel, because she's got school tomorrow, bro. School? I mean, she's probably three reins deep. She's good. <laughs> she's, she's wired. All right, my question for you before before he closes this thing down, are you going to be at soccer tomorrow night? Am I? Ooh, I actually did hear about that. I might make an appearance at soccer. Life. You better. Big, big I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to be there. That way I can officially meet you because I'm meeting Kaya there. That's why I figured you might be going. She's going to the soccer game. Okay. All right. Y'all get free pizza as students. I need to somehow find the fountain of youth and lose 20 years so I could get some free pizza. Well, maybe maybe I can pull a little little under the under the table action for your slice of pizza. <laughs> there we go. There we go. A little, a little cheese pizza for Jim. <laughs> All right, Aaliyah, anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here? Oh, not a specific brand. I'd probably, probably just say – if you guys haven't already you probably just go to lsu gold and watch the climb which kind of just takes you through a series of how our season went starting from august all the way up until may ooh, april just an in-depth behind the scenes version it's a great watch so, so is there going to be a climb part two i believe so i believe we got right natty so, edition spoiler natty alert edition. spoiler alert <laughs> you heard it here first breaking news there will be a climb too Miley Cyrus, watch out. I mean, you don't know nothing about the climate until you've seen LSU gymnastics. Absolutely. All right, I'll help you out a little bit. Go on over to Instagram, at Aaliyah Finn, and you can see what Aaliyah's doing on a Wednesday. Maybe she's recording a podcast. Or you might see her making her breakfast, having her rainstorms, just doing it all. Just just loving life. I'm looking or, it up right now, Daniel. You, hey, you'll, you'll be... You'll be surprised how many rain promotions are on that page. I was shocked. But anyhow, if you want to follow LSU Gymnastics, go to Instagram at LSU Gym. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed because you're going to be up to date with when the climb to is. And their videos doing. in general, their hype videos yeah. in general are a chain. For real. But even better, if you follow it now, you'll get really the start of the special season leading up to a national championship. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Aaliyah, thanks for joining us. We wish you nothing but the best. Please come back and talk to us about a national championship. We'd love to have yes. you. Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed my time. Absolutely. That is Aaliyah Finnegan, everybody. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to plug our sponsors when we come back. we got to talk NFL football because it's kicking off tomorrow. Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Cedary? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookCedary.com. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. Obviously, if unless you've been under a rock for a little bit, then you know NFL season kicks off tomorrow. The Chiefs and the Lions. What a game. What a game. Jim, are you excited? You pumped? 
No, because I have Travis Kelsey and he's not playing. You know, he might play though. Can I can I can I ask you guys a question? Do you think you know I we we talk about betting, right? I I think he is, to be clear. I'm just asking you, do you think he's literally worth a three to four point swing on the line? Hundred percent. And he's, he's a touchdown you, machine. And I, and I asked you that because when was the last time anyone other than a quarterback moved the line like that? I can't I can't recall. Only quarterbacks move like that. So my point is how big a deal Travis Kelsey is. He is a like you said, he's a touchdown machine. He's a game changer. That was why I drafted him before Jamar Chase of all people, Randy. And this is what happens to me. Yeah. That was a that was a move. Well, it's a it's a non PPR league, so oh. I, I went touchdown machine. If it was PPR, it would have been chased I, all day. I, I don't want to get into it. We're gonna we're gonna break down NFL. I want to get to college football. I was just trying to gauge level of excitement, knowing that I, I'm excited. In, football in one in one sleep, we're gonna get NFL football back. That means something. But but you asked me, knowing I just said on the air that I was gonna be at LSU soccer tomorrow, so I ain't gonna be watching anyway. Well, you, you enjoy your soccer then. I'll I'll say that. I will. But college football, week one, um, recap. Memphis, you know, I'll, I'll start with them out the gate. Did what they were supposed to do. They didn't cover a point spread, which is, to me, like people are making a big deal about them not covering a point spread against a Bethune-Cookman team, but I don't really care. They beat the team by 30-some points. Like, it's, it's fine. You know they made Scott Van Pelt bad beats? Well, yeah, they, it, they won by 42 points. 42. What was the the spread? I 49. think they missed it. Yeah, the the touch score, the but. touchdown that happened towards the end. It, it was good enough to hey, if it got Scott Van Pelt talking about Memphis football, we'll take it however it comes, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, so here here's some of my takeaways, and and I'll get y'all's feedback on this. But the Ryan Silverfield said they were going to be electric. They were going to be, you know, athletic, and they were going to be fast. I think I saw a little bit of all of those things. Um, I wouldn't say I was ex- as excited as he was when he said it um, after watching the game, but I do think there are some playmakers, there are some guys, there are some things to um, definitely propel you forward and go, all right, this this is what we're looking for. Um, I think that defensively, it's hard for me to say, I feel like we are much better but I also feel like the team that we played was not very good. And then thirdly, Seth Hennigan has to be better. He's, he did okay. All right. He played plenty, plenty good enough to, to beat that team. But in my opinion, he is still needs to be better. I'll start with you, Randy. Obviously you were at the game. What was your take? Well, I actually wasn't at the game, but no. yeah, thank, yeah. Thanks for not coming to the guy who was at the game. Well, yeah. So let me, let me break this down. The most impressive thing I saw, not, this isn't a bag on Memphis, but Amari Jones, defensive lineman. What a freaking play. That guy bats it up in the air, turns around and just will not get tackled. What a play by that. You know what? In fact, got touchdowns are the best. Let's yeah. go. But I, I'm going to go back to the Seth Hennigan thing. Um, I think you were being a little bit too nice about it, that he was good enough. He wasn't good. Like he did not play good. You can't have two interceptions. 
Not like the tip, that's one thing. I mean, it, whatever. But he did not play very well. Um, I thought the defense was super impressive. When you only give up 39 passing yards and 52 rushing yards, I mean, you that's – And, I mean, think about impressive. one of the scores is a, is a you know, defensive both. touchdown. So. Bo- both of them. No, neither, both of them were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, neither one of them – they didn't give up a, a touchdown. And I'm not – obviously, but then Cookman's overmatched and all that. But the defense looked like they were flying around, ball hawking. I thought that the rushing attack looked really good. You saw some playmakers in the receiving core – Seth Hennigan, I'm, I think he will get it together, but he didn't play very good. Let's just call it what it is, and he needs to be better if they're going to beat the two lanes and the Central Floridas and all that. I mean, I to be honest, I think he's got to be better for them to win this weekend. Well, can I get can I give him? And I, I'll, two, I'll get into all that, but go ahead, Jim. Can I give him two things? Uh, one that I saw, you know. I thought, and this is concerning in general as for Memphis, I thought the offensive line didn't hold up very well against a team that obviously, like we're talking about Bethune, that they got to be better. And so I'm not trying to let Seth get a pass, but they weren't very good. And then the other thing, he didn't have skates, which is meaningful. I think he's probably, would you agree, he's arguably your top playmaker as a receiver. And so if not, he's your second, right? So like – you know, he wasn't there. I don't even think he's going to be back this week, they said. And so, you know, so offensive line not protecting you well, missing one of your weapons, he's still got to be better. I'm not letting him off the hook. But I am saying that, you know, his his offensive line needs a little bit better, and it will help when you have another playmaker. But I agree with the rushing attack. Um, Memphis does did what it always has done. We run effectively. There was a specific drive, and I don't care what team you're playing, um, they ran off the left guard four consecutive plays that led to a touchdown, and they literally lined it up and did not change anything and just did the same play repeatedly. And when you can smash mouth down somebody's throat like that, that's that's a good thing. You know who's got to be better, Daniel? Jim? Memphis fans. Oh. I, I've Look, I've worked at this stadium for 23 years, my 23rd year, and I've heard every excuse in the book. Oh, well, you know, it's the weekend. They had other SEC teams playing hogwash. Oh, well, it was hot. No, it really wasn't. Perfect weather for football. Well, they're playing Bethune-Cookman. It doesn't matter who you play. I guarantee you this weekend, Tennessee going to be playing Austin Well, no, let me tell you who you need to call out. You you know where where it's hot? It's hot in Gainesville. Guess what happens? They sell that that place. It's hot in LSU. Guess what? They're going to sell that place out. It's hot everywhere. And guess what? Fans still going to go. But let me tell you, when we talk about fans, let's let's be specific here because um, uh, Giannato talked about this on the show today. And I know because obviously with my wife being a student of UVM, we sat in the student section. The student section was packed and fun. It was so when we talk about fans, we're talking we're not talking about the students there. They were great. They were loud. They were into it. Um, so shout out to the Memphis fans or the excuse me, the Memphis student uh, body for coming out and showing support. It's the other people. Um, so I don't want I don't want them to get thrown in that bunch because I thought they were great. They made that, it fun. They true. made it fun for us. But guess what? That doesn't get you into a bigger conference. Students do not buy tickets. Well, I know, I know that I just I just want to make sure we I think so, it's great when you have fan support from your student body. Is all when every when every Memphis fan and every person that lives in the city of Memphis cries about why everybody else is getting the invite to power fives. Don't ask that question. Well, because this is why you weren't you weren't here. The me and Daniel talked about it. The the key scenario, the most perfect thing can happen. And obviously, we're talking down the road, and they got to take care of game by game. And it starts with also Tulane playing against Ole Miss, and hopefully getting that dub. 
But it is set up with their schedule, Missouri being the only hard team on it, Ole Miss being the only hard one on two lanes. If they can both go 4-0, that game is Friday night, Friday the 13th, as Daniel pointed out, on ESPN. That is a chance to absolutely pack that thing, Marquis. So Memphis has to not blow it against a terrible Arkansas State team, a terrible Navy team, and find a way to beat a Missouri team, SEC or not. We know that they're not world beaters. Yeah, but you're going to be double-digit underdog against Missouri. I know, but I'm saying, can, can you imagine? I think everybody buys back in. Huge win. If, if yeah. you get to Friday that Friday night on 4-0 against Tulane, it's packed. I agree. I agree. I, no, and that's what they have to do. But you like, I, I've been working there, and you see the SMU games where they're packed out, and you got game day. That's the scene. That's the that should be the fucking standard. That shouldn't be the one off. Like right. this city is rich with all this. It's a Friday night game. Oh, I guarantee you, is what you're gonna hear. Um, for high school football, because I hear it all the time, and I'm sick of hearing it. I'm sick of hearing every other reason that you can't go support the Tigers when you have a college football team right here, Division One just outside the Power Five, and they can't get there because you don't come support them. If you get ten to 15000 in a 60,000-seat stadium, by the way, that they're renovating for the fifth time in the last 10 years, they're doing their part. You want to call out the city? Call yourself out, Memphis fans. Highland 100, do better. Yep. Mm. Mm. Season tickets are not good. No, and... they're the lowest they've been. Why? I don't even feel like we need to address the topic anymore. I feel like Randy might drop that. I mean, I'm good. Uh, what I what I would do want to know, Randy, is your boy Butch Jones. Does he get the axe if Memphis just <laughs> mollywops him? Because he was crying on the sideline. He he was definitely tearing you know, up when the when the players are consoling the coach on the sideline. That's a problem, bro. Yeah, Butch is not the champion of life anymore. And then he said that one of his. One of his stupid quotes, he always says, you got to win at the game of life before you win on the field. Dude, you got beat 73 well, to nothing. Well, well, here's what I know. Coming before that game even happened, you know, a lot of people are saying, because Oklahoma did what Oklahoma's supposed to do or whatever, but, you know, there's the people talking about, you know, how good Oklahoma could be or whatever. But I listen to local radio enough to know because we talk, they talk about Arkansas State a lot coming in because it's going to be an opponent they were picked to finish last in their conference. They were never supposed to be good. And so this really just solidified that. I know it's Oklahoma, but 73 nothing. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, that's bad. That's how far Butch has taken the program. Because think back, they had a run of many Hugh Freezes of the world. They had a a run of three coaches in a row that had that team winning nine games a year. That same team that beat Memphis a couple times. Right. And When Memphis was good. And so what they talked about on the radio today, locally, Daniel, was – you're now in a situation where because Oklahoma did that to them, not only do you have to win what you should do, but you need to beat them handily or you'll still be looked frowned upon because they're such a bad team and they got whooped in such a way. If you beat them by a touchdown, people are going to be like, Memphis ain't very good because Oklahoma beat them by 73. Right, it's, but at the in the grand scheme of things, if they win no, the game by, by three and then they turn around and beat Navy – and then they turn around and play Missouri, nobody's going to think about the Arkansas. Well, what I do think, to Jim's point, though, I think what you want to see is improvement from this Memphis team, and you want to see them open up the playbook. So you want to see them hang 50 on Arkansas State at Arkansas State. That's just a momentum winner. And it's not about the the level of the win or how many points you win by. It's just about progressing. And that we haven't seen the flash out of Silverfield's teams that we saw out of Norvell's, that we saw out of Fuentes. Look, the hype train's got to get started. And Silverfield, I didn't call him out earlier, 
he's got to do a better job of being that well, politician for his team too. And I think yeah. you said like the progression, I think our biggest disappointment progression, and this is calling out somebody who's been on a show. Like you said, you weren't going to take it easy on him with what we saw from Hennigan freshman year. We expected by now to have, you know, this elite level caliber quarterback who's just ascended and he hasn't done that. Yeah. And I think to your point though, the offensive line is a problem, but I do think he has a play. I think he'll be fine. I just think that Silverfield's going to have to, He's coaching in a way that you like see Rip Shear coach, and he needs to go back into that Mike Norvell. Like, let's let's open this thing up and let's score a bunch of points. And, and, and one, side one for anybody who listens to our show, Maurice Hampton. If you were looking for him on the field, because I knew he was going to be a star for us, and I could not figure out for life of me, man had surgery the day before the game. Um, I still don't have the. I didn't ask, but I don't know what the specifics are. But he said he'd be back ASAP which my boys here had a good hunch that maybe it was oral surgery because what else would you miss all of a sudden out of nowhere from and then you'd be right back from. But nonetheless, I was like looking on the field and I was like, okay, how does a dude play for LSU and get on the field and then ain't on the field for Memphis? And so anybody who might have been looking for Maurice Hampton, yeah, he he wasn't uh, there. All right, Randy, Tennessee looked fast. They ran the ball really well, led by Dylan Sampson, former guest. I mean, he, he really, really showed out. Um, what are the takeaways from, from game, game one for the Vols? Uh, takeaways are, I mean, let's, uh, Dylan scored all the touchdowns, but Jalen Wright was clearly the leader of the running game. He was the starter. He was the one that gave the touches to that dude averaged 10 yards of carry. I think what, I think what made it great, Randy. So he did, he didn't do all the work Dylan didn't, but what did he say? Direct quote on the show. I make the most, I'm no, but no, he said, I make the most of my opportunities when they're given to me. That, that my friend is making the most of the opportunities when they're given to you. True that, because actually Dylan had more carries than Jalen Wright. He had 13 carries. Jalen had 12, but Jalen had 115 yards. Jabari had to have had a decent day, too, because Jabari – He had 67. He averaged five and a half yards a carry. Dylan averaged four. All that's good. So, to get into how they looked, I thought the defense looked much bigger, much faster. Um, They were – you know, they they were all over the ball. They did not let Musket, the guy from – what is Old Dominion or wherever he came from – uh, they didn't let him get into a rhythm. He's got a lot of talent, um, but Virginia's bad. Let's call it what it is. I thought that Joe Milton, I think it was vanilla. I don't think that they really opened up the playbook. You only saw Joe throw it down the field, I think, maybe five, six and times. And that play One still of them hurts my heart. I'm not, I'm not even a Tennessee fan, and that hurt my heart. That was a 70-yard dime. Yeah, and Ramel Keaton was still – he had the most yards with 66, and he could have had 130 because that – he might have scored. I mean, he, the dude was on. Yeah, yeah he was still would have been seventy. He was he, he rolled in there. It was still seventy yards. So I thought Joe Milton was great, offensive player of the week. Um, so he was he was fine. Didn't turn the ball over. Twenty one to thirty. And if you catch that one more, we're talking. They might be talking Joe Joe Milton for Heisman right now because he would have had another seventy something yards, another touchdown. So I thought they were fine. You know, you win the game forty nine thirteen, and it got to the end where Virginia, the heartwarming story that it is, and the tragedy that happened to Virginia. And then their coach, Tony Elliott, talking about it's just a victory to get on the field. But Tennessee did what they should do. They took care of business. Now you roll in, back, you get your home opener against Austin P, and you expect to dominate even more against a team that's clearly overmatched. I the agree. Yeah. I, I thought I thought the defense looked really, really fast. Um, I thought that was good. And then the other Milton thing I want to say, like, I don't think you can downplay we talk, you know, people talk about his arm, but you know, his running ability how effortlessly he makes that draw up the middle look and he covers 20 yards real quick and then smartly always slides doesn't take the hits i i mean <laughs> hey 
But the one time he didn't slide, he threw that DB into the first row. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, it was uh, it was cool to to see just how quick he could just. I mean, if that opening is there, he could take that. I mean, that's something you just. I mean, that's God given, and and that's well, an opportunity. The biggest thing that, and to your point, the biggest uh, improvement that I saw from Joe Milton, for one, he didn't force the ball because his arm talent is insane. The second thing is last year he would run, but he would wait so long that you'd have people get free. This year, he made like this that game, he made a decision and like immediately when they started to come around, he saw open field, he took it, slid down. Take what the defense gives you. The offense is going to score. Like they're they scored 49 points and they didn't look that crisp. Like, yeah, to your score. point, they broke they broke down the one play. He it shows him go through his progression. It showed him look the option one, option two, and then he looked up and saw the hole and took off. Like yes. once his two main targets were there and he saw a hole, go. And that dude's so big. So, Jim, that brings us to, you know, the, the biggest oh, I gotta, game I gotta go. I gotta go. Of, of the weekend. And you got to – I mean, I don't know what the good is out of it other than is Florida State really that good or did LSU just just not show up? Okay, um, so numerous things we talk about, but I want to talk about one of your favorite things. Um, probably the most important thing that you like to talk about when it comes to, um, you know, football, basketball, anything that has halftime. Halftime adjustments. Mike Norvell schooled Brian Kelly in coaching because LSU obviously had the lead at half. In the second half, LSU made no adjustments, looked flat, Look in it looked unenthusiastic, whereas that was not the same with Florida State. That is where you look directly at the coach, clearly. Um, I will say that I thought Jaden Daniels actually looked great. Y'all know I'm a Nussmeyer guy, and so um the people are hating on Jaden Daniels. I don't think he even deserved it. The one pick, um, neighbors had slipped down and fell. There were five drops, including one that would have been a touchdown that may have changed the trajectory of the game because they would have went up 24 to 17. Um, why we can't line up in an eye formation at the goal line and punch it in and hand the ball out of a shotgun against a Florida State defensive line who'd been owning you is beyond me. A lot of, and then Perkins only rushing the the quarterback seven times all game, drive back and coverage all game. This dude's a menace. So when I look at a lot of this, I'm not looking at any players. I'm looking at the coaching staff mostly um, because even the the players giving up down the stretch, that's usually a reflection of the coaching staff. Um, Brian Kelly talked all that ish about how they were going to whoop them and and everything about this season, and he got it handed to him. And then he doubles down and looks like an idiot at the press conference. So um, I think honestly, uh, if any LSU fans listen to this, they might get mad at me. I think he got what he deserved, and I think Florida State from their side, I thought their first of all, like I said, I thought their defensive line was legit. But let me tell you something. When you got receivers as big and as tall as they do, and if Jordan Travis is going to put the ball on the money at the summit to where only they can catch it, there ain't a defense in America that can stop. Bro, that. fourteen looked like Randy Moss. He I'm trying to tell you, so much bigger. When, when you yeah. throw a when you throw a ball up in the air to to a six seven guy, I mean, dude, it was, it was funny. Like they were all over Major Burns talking about Major Burns was getting burnt. Major Burns was trying to guard a dude that was six seven in the ball. Tra- that's where Travis was doing his thing. He was putting it only where his receiver could get it. Hey, I got a question for you. And you said something about Brian Kelly acting like an idiot at the press conference. My biggest pet peeve in coaching, and at DB, you've obviously coached at a much higher level. But if you go into a after a game like that, 
where you it's clear to everybody that watched that Mike Norvell just took you to school in the second half and their staff made all the adjustments. You weren't able to make the adjustments, and then you're cussing out your people on the headphones. And then you say, we thought we were Georgia. Like, what? Where, like you're blaming your team. You got to yeah. take responsibility. And that's been my problem with Brian Kelly forever. He did Notre Dame, the same thing. The like, only thing they got Brian Kelly off the hot seat was Dabo Sweeney one-upping him. That, that's well, for sure. <laughs> but, but, no, this is on Brian Kelly. And the biggest thing, and I saw you shake your head when I said it, the Perkins thing has me dumbfounded. Duke, yeah, you put him Duke in can, Yeah, Dukins literally take over the game by himself, and you don't let him. And then, and then he, he showed his <laughs> frustration. Yeah, he say he threw yeah. that receiver like a rag doll. And then you say he's playing a new position. There's got to be a learning curve. No, 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 no. Don't put him for one. Don't put him as the he's middle Bond, linebacker. He's Bond Miller, basically. You put him on that edge, and you send him every time. He's not a middle linebacker in college. Maybe he will be that in the NFL. I don't know. He's got the speed to do it, but right now edge they lsu could not get pressure on travis and when they did he's athletic enough to get away you're not getting away from Merrill perkins but here here's my thing what is lsu known for you talking about pounding the rock no just like what position overall wide is receiver. LSU? Oh, dbu or wide receiver but dbu D- db so why are you having him drop back in coverage and spy and just help out Fucking well, put him well, on pressure and and allow DBU to do what they do best. Well, let me tell you something about DBU. There was a uh, you know we've talked about the uh, in off the bench effect of the good of people come on. We've talked about what's happened. I'm not going to say his name, but the guy who ghosted us, he looked pretty bad. I'm just saying, might have correlated. I'm going to end on that note before I get in trouble. Well, let's let's move into week two. Uh, Memphis travels up. You know, up the interstate to Arkansas State. They go to Jonesboro. I, I think they win. Um, they probably won't. Win I'm betting them to cover. No, I'm betting I, them to cover. I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't bet them. To, Ryan Silverfield just doesn't cover, bro. He just he does don't. not cover. Um, if they do, great. I, I I hope they do, and I think they should. But I don't think they will. Do they win? Yes, I I, I think they do. I don't want to harp too much on it. I think we said mm-hmm. it. As long as they're taking taking steps in the right direction and getting a little bit better each week. I'm okay with that. Um, Randy Tennessee at Austin P or against Austin P you know, they're, they're, they're getting a chance to open up at home. Um, what, what do you expect? Just a, a complete domination, a 70, 80, 90, maybe a hundred point game. I expect them to score in the 60s, and I think they'll back off of it. And I think you're going to see a lot of Nico, you know. And and I'll be, I didn't even mention that earlier. You know, the backup comes in, the, you know, heralded recruit. And let me tell you something, dude, that dude's got an arm. Like everybody talks about Joe Milton's arm, and it's insane. But Nico's probably going to get a lot of time this week. And then obviously, this is a tune up game. So they're going to go vanilla game plan. You don't want Florida to have all that tape. And then you're going to rush the ball, do your thing, probably score a bunch of ground touchdowns. And you just try not to get injured, DB, because next week you got to go back on the road to the swamp. And and regardless of what everybody says about Florida's not very good, we know that's going to be a dogfight. And you're in the swamp; they're going to be a raucous crowd because they don't know that they suck yet, but they're going to find out. They're going to find out for sure. F A F O. All right, Jim. LSU Grambling. Obviously, this is the chance to. This is write... a battle of the bands, DB. Yeah, I mean. You get a chance to 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 work and and really 
you're you're going you're going to win the game, and it's going to give you a chance to really work on the things that you should have been doing in last week's game. But for you, they need to cover. They need to score a lot of points. But what's the one thing you want to see them do in this game to maybe pull you off the ledge a little bit and go, all right, they still might be that team that that we think they could be? Well, because of who they're playing, I feel like the only thing I can want to see is um, since they ended – they played so flat the second half. I want to see them come out there, especially first game at home, energetic, enthusiastic, and for as long as they play the starters, play 100% balls to the wall, unlike what I saw them in the game. Um, it really, you know, obviously I'm going to be there this weekend. Um, it really kills the mood, man. Um, if they win, that that crowd, even though it's – it's grambling. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be electric. You know, obviously people won't stay past halftime, but I honestly think it won't have the same um, effect because um, you know how people are. I mean, a lot of people immediately jumped off that wagon as soon as they lost that game, and especially because they lost by as much as they did. So it really took a lot out, but I still look forward to seeing uh, seeing my boys out there Saturday night in Death Valley. And like uh, Randy said, for those who will stay and watch the halftime show, uh, Grambling State will put it on for you. They'll be playing Nick Faux show. Yeah. All right. Notable, notable games. Um, Ole Miss, Tulane, two ranked ranked teams. Randy, who's winning? Ole Miss. Jim, who's winning? Tulane. Are we? We've been. Well, last week we picked the spreads. We picking the spreads again? Do I get the seven? You can get to seven. I, I'll give I'm taking. I think. I think they're going to win outright. But go ahead and give me the seven, just on the safe side. I like it's going to be a Tulane sold out crowd. They're going to be looking to prove something. Let's get it, DB. Let me let me put it to you like this: Ole Miss wins this game by plus twenty. Plus twenty. I don't think so. I think plus it's 20. a. I think they win, but I think they win it in the last drive. I do not kick a field goal to win it. Yeah, they say you can't be picking them to cover seven because when I asked you what you want me to put on the parlay today, you said Tulane. You heard it here first. Tulane will lose by three. No, Tulane will. Everybody, look, Jim picked them to win. You picking them to to lose by three. Three tutties. 21. 21. All right, Texas, Alabama. Randy, who you got? I got Alabama because it's it's in Tuscaloosa, and I think that they're back – you're going to see a a vintage Nick Saban. They're going to run the ball down everybody's throat this year. I do think Texas is a really good team. I like Sarkeesian. I've listened to him a lot lately. Really good speaker. I think he's got them really talented. I just – just something about that Tuscaloosa crowd. I think they're going to get them. That game I do see going down to the last drive. Well, one thing that Texas is not good at, and that's stopping the run. Well, that's why I'm not Al- Alabama is the one thing that we know that they can do is run the football. And not that they can't stop the run, but they're not good against teams that are going to run the ball the majority of the time, and Alabama's going to do that. They're going to wear them down. Wear them down, yeah, absolutely. Jim, who you got? I got – Did I get seven I points Alabama. again? Yeah. Is that the line, seven? I thought it was like five and a half. No, it's seven. I made my bet. Um, let me get Texas. And while we're talking about Alabama – I went there for the soccer game a couple weeks ago. That university is beautiful, and that stadium um, is special. And I didn't go to the inside, just mm. the outside. It's, it's The line's moved. It's seven and a half now. 
Oh, I want my seven and a half. And Guys, so is the, honestly, so is Old Miss Tulane seven and a half. Honestly, though, I had no clue that there was a massive cemetery directly across from the stadium. That's news to me. I I did know that. I've been there. It's weird. Colorado, Nebraska. I'm just curious, Randy. Is is all that hype gonna be come to an end? For which team? Because Nebraska's been – until they lost, they were getting a lot of it too. Everybody was on the Matt Rule train. But I know who you're talking about, and give me prime time. Play my walk-up music. Right. Jim, who you got? I got Colorado, but, Randy, I will say this. They were talking about this uh, on that morning show. I, this is about the best information I heard off them. Uh, now that Colorado has played a game, it's not Nebraska, but the other teams going forward – the one disadvantage that TCU had was no tape on them and what they were going to bring at them. And obviously Colorado hit them with so much that now teams will be able to better prepare. But I'll say this, if there's anything prime of all people proved, you know, being who he was and what he's known for, man, speed kills, bro. Speed kills. They're not very big, but they're really fast. And I don't know the Nebraska. They're not known for that. Now Matt rule has been in there, whatever, but everybody that's always like, I'm tired of hearing about Dion already. And that TCU sucks. Here's the thing, guys. They lost all their talent. Colorado brought in 86 new players. You don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to say you hate what Dion's doing on revamping the whole roster, and then when he wins with it, you say, "Well, that other team lost everybody." Well, that's exactly what uh, Dion did. I know. I know that there's there. You may be hearing the people who say hate, but I know that our phone messages were blowing up. I know I had multiple other group texts. I know I seen Twitter. I seen Facebook. It seemed like everybody I know was tuned in to watching that Colorado uh, TCU game. So the prime effect is real, one hundred percent, definitely. All right, so let's let's transition NFL. Obviously, week one starts tomorrow. We talked about it. Um, I have a question for you guys. Obviously, we know what it's like when your college team loses, but let's say your pro team loses gym in week one does it ruin your day does it ruin your week or you just look at it and go it's one week everything will be okay because i know in college football when you lose one week just because of like what it takes to make the playoff and the record and and like wins are premium like does it bother you as much in the nfl realm if your team loses week one I usually get more pissed off, but I'll say this. Uh, the Saints have the easiest schedule in the NFL, and the Titans are probably one of the more harder teams, even with them not being a world beater. So, like, if they were to lose one, this would be one I'd be okay with. They suck, with. bro. They I know, but I mean, I, but what I'm saying, when you look at – if you look at the schedule as a whole, they're still in the upper echelon of what we play. Saints got gifted. Saints don't – if Saints don't make something happen with this schedule uh, and everybody back healthy, then but um, yeah, I mean, I I I don't know as many Titans fans as Randy, so I won't I wouldn't have to deal with as much crap. But I'm also gonna be there, so I sure as hell don't want them to to lose. So, all right, Randy, what about you? It doesn't affect me in the slightest. Do not don't no. Randy, would you rather would you rather your team win or you win in fantasy? Uh, I would rather win because that's me, and that means money. Daniel, same question. Um, can I have it all? 
Oh, no, this is this, 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 this or that. Or that. Yeah. And so since you have multiple fantasy questions or teams, I'll put it to you like that. You can have because you have two teams, right? I I will I will you can say have both teams I would, win. I would rather I would rather the Cowboys win. Gotcha. Here's here's why. It's because I want the Cowboys to win a championship. And I know no matter what. I will play fantasy football next year, but the window to win a championship is very small. Well, and I feel like your team also compared to mine and Randy, because the divisions we're in, you're going up against Philly. Like you can't really afford losses. Whereas Randy and my divisions, you could probably win at five, just, you know, nine and seven. So, when, so, you know what I mean? You're in a different situation. You definitely don't want to get caught behind the, the eight ball, but can't finish nine and seven no more, Jim. It's got to be 10 and 10 7. 7, you know what I meant. Uh, stupid ass 17 <laughs> games. Um, but I'll say this on that fan, just just because I brought it up. I don't think I ever get lucky enough to have both happen. Like I just can't I can't just be happy and have it all. I I've never won. I've never had the the perfect storm. I've never had Memphis win, Dallas win and me win every fantasy. It's never happened. All right. Never happened. Well, it's it's gonna happen this week because I think you're gonna beat me in fantasy. Memphis is gonna win and Dallas is gonna win. You're good because uh, you got lucky because Cooper Cup is not playing. I should have never drafted him because I don't know when he is gonna play. Dallas is gonna win. That's a, they got a tough game. I mean, they got the Giants in in New in, York. Is it still Ain't the nobody studying the yeah. Giants and at? You know, Sunday night game. I mean, They're on my parlay right. too. I got down for the two and a half. All right. Mm. So with that, I gotta I gotta ask this then. What what games are you looking forward to, Jim? Um looking at it outside of your team, obviously, that you're gonna be at. I mean, it's really a weak slate. Um I guess it would be Jets and Bills because I'm fascinated to see what the Jets experience, experiment with Rodgers is against the juggernaut Bills. I think you can make a case for not any one game outside of your team, any one game, and Randy, you might agree with this. I don't think there's any one game where I'm just like, oh, that matchup, that's going to be a great game. What I do think is there's parts of certain games that I want to see what happens all right um you know you take the 49ers and the Steelers that's exactly the game I was going to say you know I'm fascinated by it I think that's a fascinating game to see one okay how good is Kenny Pickett how good are the Steelers against a really good defense but also where where are the 49ers at um I I think think is Brock Brock playing yes I I think I think they roll I think the the Steelers' know, just, defense is really good too now. Yeah, I mean, and don't forget they're coached by Mike Tomlin, who is probably one of the best coaches in the league. Give me him over anybody, right? And then then you got the Broncos and the Raiders. Not that I'm a fan of any of those, but Jim, you're you're a Sean Payton guy. Like, are you interested to see like what that looks okay, like? Okay, so I was a Russell Wilson fan until I had him as my quarterback in fantasy both leagues last year, and he absolutely buried me so sean payton or not i hope denver sucks 
I think that Sean Payton hates Russell Wilson. I honestly do. No, yeah, no, I, I've heard. <laughs> Listen I've actually, the way no, he talks. I've actually heard the same thing, like from um, people saying, you know, people covering and saying that it seems like you know Russell Wilson will be on a short leash. I do not think he likes him. I, I, the way he talks about him is crazy. But do you think? Do you think? I mean, with what he did with Breeze, and obviously I'm not saying Wilson is, is Drew Breeze, but do you think he can fix what happened last year and get him back on track? Yeah, the reason he fit, they love each other. If he doesn't really like Russell Wilson, I don't. I mean, could he do it for sure? He's, we've seen that. We saw that with Tony Romo when when uh, Peyton was there with the Cowboys. But I don't. I think he could. But I think Russell Wilson is not what I think Pete Carroll made that dude. I think that Seattle yeah. team made that dude. And I and they don't. I've have, never been a fan though. And they don't that. have and they don't have Judy for four weeks, so that'll be an interesting dynamic. I don't think they're gonna be. I don't think the Broncos are gonna be very good. I just don't. I'm finally taking the Chargers to win that division. Let's go. I'm with I'm with Randy in this. Let's go. Chargers Chargers don't even win week one, guys. That's ridiculous. They're Dolphins in. gonna Dolphins are gonna work those dudes. Well, you know it, that's hey that's a that's another storyline. Can can Tua stay healthy? That's. I mean, I got I, I got a bone to pick with you. I'm looking at our predictions. Why is why is the Dolphins Chargers not on there, Daniel? You knew that would be a split one. You're going to go Dolphins, and we're going to go Chargers. That's a good one to have. Because I just I, I only put good quarterbacks on that list. <laughs> the audacity! No, you didn't. No, you really you didn't. The Jared Bucks, Goff the, is on the, that list. The, the, the Bucks versus <laughs> the Bucks. The yeah, y'all got there. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is 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 the truth. No, I I don't know. I just. He really Chargers did Justin don't, Herbert don't. on there. He really did it, Randy. <laughs> the, the Chargers, really they did. just don't move the needle for me, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But oh, All right, I got to ask. two playoff you, teams. You're right. You're right. Maybe, I guess. All right, injury-wise, we, we hit on it just a little bit. Joe Burrow, where are we at with him, Jim? Is Joe Burrow, is, is he 100 or is he – I don't know if he's a hundred, but he's been practicing and he's going to play. So um, if that offensive line could actually do their job, um, he could get himself back to a hundred. I would, I would, I would strategically um, probably try to not put him in much situations. And if you can um, pound the rock, so um, we'll see what their, what their game plan is um, against the Browns. But, you know, try not to get Joe banged up too bad week one. Let's let him get healed up first so you can have a chance at making a run on the Super Bowl. Is it worth losing the game? Like, well, they kind of already up? lose to the Browns as it is, even when Burrow's healthy for some reason. Yeah, it's it's like the Jaguars Colts dynamic. It's yeah. a really it's a really weird thing. Do you think Deshaun Watson's going to turn it around? Yes, I think he's so. Talented. We yes. We've seen that dude. I and, think and the he, Browns are pretty and good. He's got, he's got, and he's got Amari Cooper. He's got Chubb. He's got Njoku. I mean, he's got people Jones. He's got some weapons, like so. Okay. But I, I don't know if they're going to be as as good as Randy saying. But I, I think definitely. Oh, I, mean, I didn't say playoffs. I, I said they're like, going to be pretty good. Deshaun Watson can't be. The thing is, he can only go up. Like he was terrible last year. The the jury the jury literally is out. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Randy, JT, what 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 are we doing? What what is he doing? We know we just he's on the uh, the pup list, man. Not playing for was that four weeks, and uh, you know not trading him now. It, you know it's ugly, man. It's it's a a relationship that I don't think is going to be 
fixed. And I'll, I'll, honestly, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't. Running backs are a dime a dozen. I'm. Just, I don't mean to say that. So as should a, I start Deion Jackson in fantasy? Is all I want to know from you. Hundred percent. Okay. He's gonna get a lot of cares because uh, we don't have a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. So what? What I think uh, it's just rebuilding, man. I think that JT be on your way. Let's let's send him somewhere. Get what you can. But and I, and I heard it said on ESPN Radio, and I 100 agree. Get a running back, run him into the ground three years, let him go, get another one. Run. I mean, it's, that is what it is. Do Look you, at Zeke. Look how dominant Zeke was when he first came in the league. Y'all held on to him a little too long, and then you got nothing. Now we got Tony Pollard. Well, I next... know that, but <laughs> power along two more years. Yeah, and we're gonna run him. He's, he's gonna get after it. This is gonna be the year. So let me ask you this though: Does JT? play a single game for the Colts this season? I'm going to say yes because I think that he's not a Le'Veon Bell and the fact that he wants to play football and he's not a me-first guy. Um, so I think he will, and I think it's going to be like an audition. And also, if you're the Colts, that's 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 smart money. Play him, run him, get his yardage. He looks good. Then all of a sudden, he's playing. Okay, well, that may, maybe you know we can, we're going to give him a first-round pick now. I think it's smart money. Who, Jim, who has the best week one? What player? A lot of players out there. A lot to choose from. Who has the best week one? Are you like saying fantasy or just in general? No, just in general. Who who are going to be like, man, that dude killed it this past week. Is it Derek Carr? You know man, who it is. It's it's Kirk Cousins. Man, Lord, I hope it's Derek Carr. You know, I'm, for the fun of this question, I'm going to go off Saints just so I don't be a homer on this. Um Give me Tony Pollard. I like it. I like it. Randy, who you got? Maybe you already know. It's Justin Herbert, the best quarterback in the NFL. Wow, wow, wow. I actually, to be honest, I, I wanted – I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a huge game. And just because we didn't ask this question, there's a, I think the Bills are not making the playoffs this year. They got some locker room problems, bro. That's a that's a bold pick, bro. I'm there's a lot of people. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of people down on the Bills, man. I've been listening. I've been. I got my boss is from Syracuse. He's a big Bills fan. Family, all you know, all that. I don't think they're gonna be, look. Stephon Diggs wants out. You got some other people murmuring. They got injuries. I don't know, man. I think they put all that shit to the side. They are professionals, and they go out and they'll win the division. I got Diggs in fantasy. He kills it. I have him. That's a tough division, DB. I still think they're the best team. You just said that the Dolphins are going to beat the Chargers. Mm, I, I did say that. I that, doesn't make, that doesn't make the Dolphins the best you, team in there. You know division. who's winning that division? 100%. I'm putting money on it right now if you want to. It's the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Because let me tell you why. They never. already they already had one of the best defenses. And they got weapons. You put well, Aaron Rodgers in there. Psh, for Robert Salas, hope they a better. I think it's a, a money move. Jets are losing week one to the Bills, and we're going to put this all to rest. Okay, everybody heard that. It's on the tape. So when the Jets win this thing, y'all going to be like, damn, only Randy called that. I think the I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have a if, a, a, a good a good week one. If, <laughs> if we go historically on NFL picks, I would say that you're going to be right anyway, Randy, because if we go off last year – um, if I remember, I didn't just finish in last place. I think I finished in last place by a lot. <laughs> yeah, it got it got out of hand. All right, picks. Lions Chiefs tomorrow night. No Travis Kelsey. 
Uh, Jim, who you got? This year, are we doing with the the line, or are we doing this? Straight? I didn't put the line. I just did straight up. But All if right. you want to do, if you want to do the line, I can. No, I mean, let's go straight up. Straight up, I'm I'm still going Chiefs, even without Travis Kelsey. Randy, who you got? Patrick Mahomes is still the baddest man on the planet. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, until until Mahomes is no longer the quarterback on the opposing side, then I'm gonna go whatever whatever side he's on. That's who I'm going. Don't you ha- do. don't you have him in fantasy against me? I do. I hope they have five rush. I hope they have five rushing touchdowns. The Lions are going to be improved, though. They are going to be better, for sure. Bucks and Vikings. What a terrible game to play. Give me the Vikings. All thousand. He could have put Pittsburgh against San Francisco, or the Jets uh, against uh, the Bills, or the Dolphins against the Chargers. But no, he went Bucks Vikings. (laughs) Yeah, when we're all going to pick the Vikings. Do you, do you want me to put a different game on here? No, no, yes, no. Go with it. I do. Okay, whatever. Go, All go, because right. I want us to pick different on the Chargers game. Go and put the Dolphins, Chargers, and, and put up or shut up and actually pick the Dolphins. Chargers and Dolphins. I'll go first. Give me the Dolphins by two touchdowns. <laughs> the audacity. As a matter of fact, make it three. Good Lord. Since we're picking straight up, give me the Chargers. Chargers. Good. We just gained one on Daniel. Not a chance. You guys are going to be like, man, you were you were right. You were so right on the Dolphins. <laughs> Never. All right. Cowboys, Giants. Give me them boys. Randy, who you got? I'm the Giants. Give me Saquon. Daniel Jones. Give me Cowboys. All right. I'm up and I'm up on both of y'all after three games. Let's go. All right. Colts, Jags. Jim, who you got? The Jaguars, because Randy pointed this out when we first started this podcast, the Colts, for whatever reason, can't beat them. So I'm not changing that anytime soon. The Colts probably couldn't beat Bolton High School right now. Nah, they could. Give me the Jaguars. All right, I'll take the Jags, too. Titans, Saints. Randy, who you got? The Saints. The Titans are terrible. Give me the Saints in a blowout. I'll take I'll take the Saints too. Jim, you taking Saints? I'll take the Saints. Around? The only question I got for you about the Titans, Randy, is how do you think Hopkins will do? Every not, time not that, in that game, but in the season, I don't think I don't. I, every time a receiver goes there, they go there to die. They like they're not effective anymore. I don't think he's going to be. He's old. I think he's look, dude, in his prime, top two. But I don't think he's. But because what's What's the benefit to the Titans? Like, if you play Tannehill all year, what's the benefit? Like, you're right. not a good team. I don't know. I don't see it. Nope. All right, last one. Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Randy's taking the Jets. I'm taking the Bills because I just – I hate Aaron Rodgers. I think everybody is aware of that. Jim, who you got? The Bills. I can't believe I'm gonna go six and a week one after such an atrocious season last year. Let's go. You you need it if that's the case. All right. Last call. Randy, what you got? Uh not sports related. Uh DB, you and I had some discourse about this earlier. There is a huge, 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 huge election coming up in the city of Memphis. Went to another, I've been to three or four now, the Memphis Mayorial Forum. Uh we had three candidates this morning, boys. We had 
J.W. Gibson, we had Paul Young, and we had Floyd Bonner. We know Floyd Bonner. Went to school with his son, graduated his son. Great people, great family. He's also the sheriff. So get out and vote. Uh, hopefully you're registered to vote. The most important thing you do, no matter who you vote for, is to vote. Get out yeah. and do it, Memphis. Get your ass out there. No, no voting, no bitching. That's the way I see it. Big facts. Jim, last call. What you got, man? Um, yeah, man, I want to uh, bring awareness for anybody who may not know about what you got coming up. Um, Daniel and, and Big Daddy Storm, a.k.a. or no, I should have said Chad Martin, a.k.a. Big Daddy Storm. Um, obviously, we got, you know, basketball, gymnastics, softball, you know, obviously always baseball coming up. But um, Daniel's going to get to do his thing with uh, another professional and start talking wrestling. So, um, for anybody, who, Ooh, yeah! for anybody who's not aware of that, that's on deck, man. Um, if you're a wrestling fan, these guys know what they're talking about. And it's going to be good stuff. That's right. I know a little bit about a lot of things. I just don't know a lot about a lot. That's why big daddy Storm's going to be there to, to, to help us fill in the gaps. So yeah, I'm excited about that. We got uh, good content, good good things to talk about, a lot to talk about. So y'all, y'all check that out. But guys, let's. It's been it's been a long night. It's been a great night. But all good things must come to the end because we'll be back next week. Don't worry. I want to thank our guest Aaliyah Finnegan for joining us tonight. If you like hearing her story or you just like hearing us, average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. There's always comments, ratings, feedback, loves, hugs, thumbs up. You know, hit the subscribe button. Do it all, man. We'll, we'll take all the love that you got to give for us. We'll check out everybody next week. We got episode 18 coming at you. We are finally going to talk University of Tennessee basketball with DJ Jefferson. Randy, I know you're excited. B-O-L-S, go balls, go. Wow, it's a whole it's a whole week of balls because on Wednesday it will be too. I'm feeling kind of sick all of a sudden. Big Orange Caravan coming your way, boys, and off the bench, BOLS. Don't miss it. That's right, don't miss it. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.